are now tuned in to the Angela D. Wharton Show, where we talk about love, life, survival, and everything in between. I am your host, Angela D. Wharton, and if you're ready to be inspired and empowered, then let's go, y'all. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Angela D. Wharton Show. I am your host, Angela D. Wharton, and this is episode number six of the 2020 series. And this episode is entitled, I've learned that there are books to be birthed. And for those of you who are not aware of what the 2020 series is, is uh, it is 20 truths that I've learned in 20 years of surviving sexual violence. And you guys, I am super duper, duper excited to have my two ladies on the podcast with us tonight. We have Miss Taishina Davis. We also have Miss Tamara McKnight. And they are just two phenomenal women. And I'm just really grateful that they're taking time out of their busy schedules to share with us on the podcast. Hi, ladies. Hello. So glad that you are here tonight. Yay! So listen, listen, listen. I'm I know you guys are so busy, you ladies are so busy. So we're just gonna jump right in. So, Miss Ty, can I say I can call you Ty on a podcast, right? Girl, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ty, for those who are not familiar, you know, with your greatness. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and tell us a little bit of your story? Awesome. Well, my name is Tyshina Davis. I'm simply known as Ty. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different parts to my story, but I'll say that uh, the most relatable part, I think, is that I'm just an everyday, roundaway girl who just so happened to be uh, intelligent, you know, business savvy, lovable, caring, and I'm a teacher and servant at heart. And um, I use my life stories and experiences to inspire, influence um, others. And uh, that's what I chose to do with sharing my story through writing my first book, which then turned into a publishing company where now I get to help others share their stories as well. Yes, yes, yes. And I remember, Ty, we met, we met like, how many, like how many years ago did we meet? Been over Maybe five, because I'm almost at my fifth year full-time entrepreneurship. So it was over five years ago. And you were doing something different. Yeah, you were doing like so, uh, social media marketing and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, I was doing business management, um, helping folks just like us, coaches and speakers behind the scenes with business operations and planning and all that. Great, great stuff. <laughs> and and then we were we got reconnected when I wrote my book, Life After the Silence, From Pain to Power to Purpose. And then you swooped in <laughs> at the 11th hour to help a sister out mm -hmm. because I was kind of stuck in a bind and you worked it completely out. I remember so great. I remember that. I remember that. It was an awesome time. It was um not too not too far after I published my first book. So it was just really exciting to help, you know, someone else. Um, because I know yeah. the feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. So now we have the amazing Miss Tam. Can I call you Miss Tam? Yes, you can call me Miss Tam. Miss <laughs> Tam McKnight with us as well on the podcast. So Miss Tam, yes. So when I got connected through Phoenix Ministries, and for those who may not know, Phoenix. ago and uh we support women survivors of sexual violence and with that one of our members in fact she still is and that's how she and i got connected and i am just so proud of her and her growth and all the amazing things that she is doing 
to this day. She's really, really been helping others, sharing her story and bringing awareness, which we all know that awareness brings about prevention. Miss Ham. Yes. A little bit about your story and who you are. Okay, well, I am Tamara McKnight. I am the author of The Images of Me, and I am an advocate against sexual assault. And when I was eight years old, um, I was molested by the hands of my grandmother's boyfriend. So, and I kept the secret over 15 years. So with joining Phoenix Ministry is when I began my healing process. It was an outlet for me to let go of all the hurt and pain, knowing I didn't have to hold on to that pain anymore. So I am thankful for, you know, Angela for just being that gateway of letting me come there and share my story after being with her a year and not even talking about my story. So I'm just a Baltimore girl from the ghetto, but I want to rise to the top. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much, um, my sister Tam, for sharing that. Because I, I mean, I vividly remember you being brought down <laughs> the hallway to our table, our Phoenix Ministries table at the church. And um, you just, your hand being put in my hand and me being told like, she's all yours. And I know you'll take good care of her. And from that day uh, forward, we've just been working together and just working through um, our healing process. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you, still have you as a member of Phoenix Ministries. Thanks. So ladies. Absolutely. So ladies, um, as survivors of um, sexual violence, let's see. Now, Tam, I know with you, your story, um, you know, your abuse took place at the hands of your grandfather, grandmother's boyfriend. Yeah, my grandmother's boyfriend. Okay, yeah. So he wasn't actually your grandfather. He was your, your grandmother's boyfriend, right? Yes. So with us a little bit about how um, you were able to heal and like how did you get the courage to to write your book um it wasn't until because like I said I kept the secret over 15 years it wasn't until I started coming to the Phoenix ministry meetings mm -hmm. and um sitting there listening to other people's stories gave me so much strength knowing that I can be stronger than what I was at the time. And I, I never thought I would write a book, but you, Angela, you told me God gave you this vision <laughs> and told you to tell me that I would write a book one day. And I was like, well, who, me? I'm not yep. going to get around book. I don't think I'm capable of writing a book. But two <laughs> minutes, two months later, I started writing and everything just started to pour out. It was almost like me healing all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I remember that day. I remember that day. And it was like, it was a pressing on me to, you know, give you that message. So I thank God for using me as a vehicle by way to get the message to you to get that book out. And as you all know, we are all connected. All three of us are connected. Like <laughs> it's at the head and then there's the rest of us because we've published our books through Ty. We have um, consulted with her to get our books written. So thank you, Ty, for starting uh, your, your publishing company and just being a vehicle by which we can actually publish our books, our, our indie authors can publish our books. And speaking of indie authors, just had the Indie Author Legacy Awards for 2018. Yes, yes. And so tell us a little bit about the awards. Well, you know, um, so through the publishing company, we 
our writers um, write books that raise social awareness, education, and personal transformation. And in that, we get all of these just amazing stories from amazing people. What I, but what I realized is really these writers are the unsung heroes in our community. It's like, um, yeah, you know, their family might read their books and some friends might read their books, but what about the community at large? They don't even know that we have these unsung heroes sitting right there in their backyard. So I said I wanted to create a platform where indie authors can go beyond the book cover um, and actually get recognition and for their work in the community uh, via their writing. So that really was the idea behind Indie Author Legacy Awards. And um, it's just a great experience to see people come from not just all around the U.S., but literally from around the world. I mean, we have writers coming from uh, Bermuda and Antigua and Nigeria. It's like I'm just amazed that, you know, what's taking place in the first year and then this this second year uh, for 2017. Yeah, actually, um, last year your, was your very first award ceremony, and I was actually a finalist in, I believe, um, two categories, if I remember correctly. And let me tell you something. I was completely blown away when I got word that Life After the Silence from Pain to Power to Purpose was actually a finalist in two categories. So Ty, I mean, starting the awards, it, it, it was something that I think was very needed. Like you said, as um, indie authors, we don't get a lot of recognition. Um, because most of the huge publishing companies do uh, more awards uh, ceremonies than some of the uh, than what is out there for us. So I'm just so grateful for even being a finalist. I didn't actually win winner because I was a finalist. So I thank you much to, for for that. But also I want to say congratulations to. McKnight because Miss McKnight won book cover of the year. Woo! Yes. So show us that book. Do you have a, a book near you? Can you show us that yes. book cover? This is the book cover and it was like everything I could have imagined because when I thought about it, I was like, I have to have some type of mirror and I have to have this image in the mirror. And when he put it together, I was like, so blown away. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I loved it. I was like, it's not too much and it's not too little, but it just was, it was just perfectly right. It, it makes you look at the cover and be like, oh, I wonder what this, this story is about. And, and I'm just, first of all, I'm so grateful. I'm so humble. I'm, I was excited to be, you know, with purpose and creation. Like, this is so awesome. <laughs> so awesome. And to win best book cover of the year, I wanted to cry, but no tears would come out. But, and I was so nervous to give my speech, but it was so, so a great experience. I was so happy. Wow, that's amazing. So Ty, so knowing that, well, hold on, actually, let me just share my little piece, Ty, and I'll bring you in. Because, listen, because when when she texted me, because I was out of town at um, a, my, our family reunion, and when she texted me and said that she won, I was like, what? You won? I, all these smiley faces and exclamation marks I sent back to her in the text. But then I was just over there just crying like a proud mama. <laughs> it was just so amazing just to know that Phoenix Ministries was able to help someone get to, like to a place in their healing process that they were able to actually not only tell their story like verbally, but to write it in a book that will forever be published. Take that away from you, Tam. Nobody can. 
But to know that we were actually able to do that, I mean, I was just completely blown away. I just was just crying. I was overjoyed. My heart was just filled with so much love and just so much appreciation. And I was just super duper proud for her. And so Ty, in knowing that this, mm-hmm. <laughs> how did that make you feel? It's an awesome experience. You know, it's crazy. I never really um, understand the magnitude of my work until I get amongst a group of, of authors or a group of people that have worked with us, um, like Miss Tam. And last year at the Indie Author Legacy Awards, I was just like, you know, sitting down and everything was nice in the festivities. But then once people start getting up and really talking about what it took, you know, just to the point to write their stories, um, let alone be recognized for their work. I think that's when it really hit me like, wow, what you're doing, um, it's, it's making an impact. And really for me, that's all it's about, you know, um, I'm not taking any of, of the money, any of the recognition, any of that to the grave with me. But uh, one thing I believe that will go are the stories of impact, you know, and um, that's what I wish that people will talk about when it's time to send me on home, besides the fact that I'm up all the crazy, you know, like, I truly made an impact. And um, so I always say the work that I do and the work that I create and share is uh, is my legacy. You know, I help others create their legacy and through that I create mine. So it's, it's a blessing. I don't take it lightly. Um, it's a very sacred position. And um, I approach each and every project like that. Even with Tim, I remember when we were going through the book cover development, because my designer and I, at each and every project, we sit down and we brainstorm before he starts the draft. And I remember saying, okay, she's very adamant about making sure you have this image of her looking in the mirror. And then, you know, kind of seeing the reflection behind her. And I'm like, but you know, we try to stay away from putting pictures on book covers. It kind of depends. And then he was like, don't worry. His voice is really deep. He's like, don't worry. I got this. And, <laughs> <laughs> and when he sent back the uh, draft, I was like, you got this, you know, because it shows those different images, which to me kind of translates different aspects and stages, situations, circumstances uh, in Tam's life. So he nailed it. And congratulations, Tam. Yes, so, so well deserved. And Tim, I just hope that this is not the last book. I know there's so many more books in you um, that have to come out. And the t- like I said, the title of this uh, podcast is, you know, I learned that there are books with an S, plural, <laughs> that have to be birthed. So I know that there are more books in me as well. And oftentimes as survivors of sexual violence, we are really, really afraid to just share with just a one person that we have had this experience, let alone to put it in a book for the whole wide universe, the whole wide world and universe to read. So I know that, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to do that. So I commend everyone who has uh, taken the time and the courage to write their story in a book. Because when I was writing mine, I'll tell you, that book almost didn't get published on several occasions, simply because I had to relive everything in detail to write it all out. And you know that when you have to relive your story, you know, all that pain just comes back. So, but to God be the glory that I was able to um, just get back into it and get it and get it done because uh, you know our book, my book is making an impact as well. So I was just like, thank you God for that. So, ladies, um, actually, Ty, for you, uh, how did you actually start your publishing? company how did you transition from helping entrepreneurs and being in the background and helping them move their businesses forward to actually becoming a publisher yeah so um 
I had a passion just like yourself to share my voice and share the voice of others. So while I had my business consultant firm every Wednesday at 7 p.m., I had the Inspiration Cafe and it was a podcast. Ah. Yeah. And I just wanted to highlight like everyday people. It didn't matter if you were an entrepreneur or not. So I had like my dad come on and talk about his drug addiction. I had some of my clients come on and talk about mental health and just all these different things. Um, and then it got to a point where I realized, although I had these great skills and I was great at what I did in my business, I wasn't really passionate about it. So I started dreading each day, like, ah, do I have to get up and work on this? Do I have to do this? I really looked forward to my interviews on Wednesdays. And I was like, I need to be doing something else that's more touchy feely and more of my personality, you know? So, um... It's so interesting. This was about almost five years ago. You guys remember the government shutdown, the last big government shutdown they had about five years ago, um, 2014. I'm sorry, 2013, October 2013. Never forget it. It's my dad's birthday, October 10th, Friday morning, pouring down raining. And I'm sitting on Facebook doing my little freestyle inspirational post. And I'm telling people, hey, you got laid off. Don't dread, don't throw in the towel, don't get depressed. This is the time to use what's in your hands. Use what's in your hands. You know, you can still make money. And I'm just going, going, going. And next thing you know, God starts talking to me. He's like, um, tell tell them that they're bent but not broken. So I was like, yeah, bent but not broken. I was preaching on Facebook. <laughs> and the next thing I know, he's like, so I, I stop and I post it. And he's like, that's not it. You got to tell more people. And I'm like, what you mean? And this is really the dialogue. So I'm like, what you mean? Uh-huh. More people who I don't talk again the next Wednesday on the radio show. So he's like, no, 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 no. Do a book collaboration. So I was like, a book collaboration with who? Like, who's going to collaborate with me? You know? And then he's like, the people on your radio show. I'm telling you, this was the kind. Actually, in my introduction in my book, I, I write this conversation. So he's like, the people on your radio show. And I'm like, on the radio show. Okay. So next thing you know, I just start writing a list. I, I wrote a list of specifically who I wanted. And uh, I reached out to my mentor and she's like, go for it, do it. I reached out to everyone and told them I had this idea, wanted them to be a part of it. They said, yes. And uh, from there, we went ahead and birthed my first book entitled Surviving Shocking Situations. And it's about finding the courage to succeed in spite of life's painful moments. And it's in that book, Angie, that I share my experience of sexual violence, which I don't remember because um, my story is a little unique. Although it happens a lot, people just aren't talking about it. But I was actually molested as an infant. Um, And because of that and, and the physical trauma that occurred, I did have surgeries and just all of these things happen in between infancy up until 10 years old, where it caused a lot of, a lot of psychological uh, trauma for me because I constantly had questions. As I grew into uh, my teenage years, I was told that I may or may not be able to have children. So that kind of affected me to, first it affected me bad way then it got to the point where i just became numb so i was like oh okay whatever i'm not gonna have children therefore i didn't develop like those maternal instincts and in that wanting of a child and um you know that all kind of just led up to my adult years and, and relationships came out in anger and all types of things and it was through sharing the story Um, in my book that I began my healing process and and realizing that a lot of stuff I blame myself for as I was young, it wasn't my fault. Um, I was holding on to anger with my mother because she left me in the house to be molested. Um, And actually my mom didn't raise me. So it resulted in her not raising me and just all of this chaos and writing that out is what helped me heal. And at the same time, kind of realize I got to open up a platform for other people to share their truth, but share it in a way that it will not be compromised and they uh-huh. can share it the way that they want to say it. Use the words you want to say. If you want to be happy, you want to be sad, just express yourself and not be compromised. Whereas though most traditional publishers, that is one of those things where you can't truly just be you. 
You know, I, I like to say they come in and manipulate your manuscript and say, oh, don't say it that way. Say it this way. And, oh, you mm -hmm. should say it this way and that way. No, express it. Um, share it exactly how you feel and how you want to say it. And hence, that's why I created uh, the company and named it Purposely Created Publishing. It was purposely created for people like you, me, and Tam um, that have all of these interesting experiences. And we just want to share it in our voice and in our truth. So um, I always say that we create distinctive books with intentional results. Wow. wow. Yes, yes, you do. You do. Absolutely. So you said something, Ty, that I want to just go back to. You said that it was through writing out your story that you were able to heal. Writing it out, getting it out is so instrumental in healing. I say it all the time. I tell people, if you want to begin your healing process from sexual violence, domestic violence, whatever it is that you've experienced, you have to get it out. And sometimes we can't always speak it, but you can always write it. So that was something that uh, when I really, when I first started therapy, when I first started therapy, the one, the, one of the first things that my therapist had me do was write a letter to my attacker. And the purpose of that was to get out all of those feelings of anger and um, just uh, low self-esteem. Like everything that he made me feel in that moment, she wanted me to get it out and to say it to him because as I was being attacked, I didn't say a word. I didn't scream, yell, I didn't talk, I didn't do anything. I literally lost my voice. But in writing out that letter in the in the beginning stages of my my therapy really helped me to really start the healing process. So when you said that, that just dropped in my spirit and I wanted to shed a little bit more light on how important it is to write out your story. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well, I actually believe that writing is the purest form of expression. Um, like you said, some people can speak it. Some people even dance, you know, they'll dance it out. Yeah. Some people will draw it out. But I think there's just something um, totally more magnifying and more impactful, like you said, in terms of your own self-healing. And I think it's because of that self-awareness, you know, how whatever your mind is thinking for it to actually leak out on the paper and all of those expressions just come out. Um, it's kind of like having a conversation with yourself and it really face you. It, it really forces you to confront the situation. You know, there's no way around it. Um, so it is definitely a, a very um, outer, outer body experience, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's so healing. It, it just, it's so cleansing and so mm -hmm. healing to get it out. Yeah. So Tam, this one is for you. So listen, so at this, at this, um, point in your life, what would you consider to be your biggest accomplishment? It doesn't have to be, you know, the book or, you know, you just tell me what or share with our audience. What is your biggest accomplishment? Um, my biggest accomplishment would be the book and actually speaking about my story. Because for me, I thought I was going to keep this a secret forever. Nope. And it was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep this secret forever. I'm going to go on with my life. But at the age of 30, I felt like God kept tapping me on my shoulder, telling me, you're going to talk about this story. It's time to heal. I have other plans for you. And when that happened, it was like I couldn't go to sleep without thinking about it. I couldn't be woke without thinking about it. And it's like I try to push it to the back of my mind, but that couldn't happen. So when I started therapy, I felt like, okay, I'm complete. I'm healed. I don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't the case either. It was like, he had bigger plans for me than I had for myself. And to this day, I still feel nervous 
because I'm like, I don't know, you know, what is next, but I know something big is next. So all I could do is try to prepare myself. But when I, when I was going through the healing process, I did a lot of praying. Praying was my yes. leeway of to put myself at ease. I kept saying, I'm okay. I can do this. But um, wait a minute, give me that question one more time. No, what's your biggest accomplishment? <laughs> <laughs> well, biggest accomplishment was, it's my book. It's my book and me winning that best book cover of the year. It was like, your book is very important. Yes. Because at first I wrote it, oh, it's not that important. And to to get best book cover, it was just like, your your story is important. Because like Ty said, at the uh, ceremony, it's not about the cover itself. It's what's in the book. So at that point in time, when, when it happened and my name was called, I was like, well, my story is important. I got to keep going. I can't give up. I got to, I got to help heal another young lady. I got to help heal another woman, whatever God wants for me, I want for myself. So it's like, I got to keep going. So the biggest accomplishment was writing that book. Wow. And congratulations to you again on that. But you said something, um, oftentimes we, what we do yeah. if we, we don't celebrate our wins but yeah. we have to always remember that we are making an impact yeah what we're doing is important and we have to celebrate our wins whether they're big or small mm -hmm. we have to stop and just celebrate it because if we keep going 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 then we feel like we're not making an impact and I know for myself and Ty, maybe for you as well, but I know for myself, I just keep going, going, going. And I always feel like I still have so much work to do that I don't realize what I've already accomplished. So sometimes when, sometimes when people are like, like if I'm going to speak um, at an event and people read my bio, I'm like, oh yeah, I did that. I did do that. Uh, <laughs> I was there. Oh, I remember that. That's because I don't stop. Like oftentimes I don't stop to celebrate the win because I always feel like there's so much work that still needs to be done, but it's very important to, to stop and, and celebrate those, those wins. So Ty, do you find yourself doing that? Like you just keep pushing, 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 and not really stopping to celebrate the wins or maybe smell the roses, if you will? Yeah, a lot. And my team, they, they can't stand it. <laughs> if they were here, they probably just like push me in a pool of water. Like, didn't we tell you to stop and take a break? Because um, cause I, I think a big part of it is um, it's, it's interesting because I remember the days I wanted to stop, right? Like in my previous job when I was employed. And my thing is this, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. I'm not preaching to anyone to be an entrepreneur, but do what you love, you know? Um, I mean, heck, entrepreneurs couldn't have businesses if we didn't have folks working for us, right? So it's not about being an entrepreneur, but it's about doing and putting your all into something that you're passionate about. So I remember the days when I wanted to stop, right? When I was working in my last job, I remember the days that I wanted to stop in my last business but now it honestly doesn't feel like work like i get up every day i'm so excited to see the book cover drafts and to see if you know the cover actually conveys the message and if it doesn't i like to put on my little scientist hat i call it my lab put on my little scientist hat i'm like no the message is this and we have to use these keywords and like i love it i love it and i love working with uh the people and meeting new authors and people from all around with um not just stories, but knowledge, you know, because our experiences yeah. and our stories is something for, I, I learn something new every day, whether it's about sexual violence. I mean, even sitting here listening to you and Tamara, although we have this uh, commonality and common thread, our stories are still unique. And, and listening to you two um, as 
thrivers, not survivors, but thrivers, I'm like, yeah. wow, you know, I'm just, I'm looking at your facial expressions and everything and reflecting in, on myself. And I'm like, wow, you know, just to see the strength and the beauty in people's growth and healing process. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. So I love it. I don't take time to celebrate my wins. And even when I hear about the wins, sometimes, as you said, someone to mention it in your bio or something, it's just like, oh, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> I think, I think um, one of the reasons that we probably don't even recognize it, Ange, is because we don't do it for, for the fame. You know? Yes. Because this is what we do. Like we we're in it. We're servants at heart. And and we love people. And um so so with that, I believe we we do get this recognition because that's our blessing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? You I think you really hit the nail on the head. That's what it is. We don't get we don't do what we do for the accolades. Mm -hmm. We do it because right. we want to serve people, we want to help people heal, we want to get People, we want to help people get to the level that they're trying to get to. And that's what it's all about for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. So, Ty, you just kind of um, answered the next question that I have for you, it, which was going to be, um, was there ever a time where you wanted to stop? And you did say that there was a time that you did want to stop. But what was it uh, in you that kept you going? Was it that you just wanted to see people get to that next level or was it your passion or what was it um, that, you know, didn't allow you to stop? Was it the Lord tapping you on your shoulder saying, no, you got to get up. You got to get back in the game and get this done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's crazy. And one day I'll write the story. But what people don't know is like the first year and a half of <laughs> building the publishing company, I was deeply depressed. Um, I mean, deeply, deeply depressed. Whereas though, um, you know, people talk about it all the time. You put on the mask and everything oh, yeah. good. Right. And that was me. That was me the whole year of 2014, um, half of 2015 until the point where I finally started getting therapy. And that was like one of the, the biggest game changers in my life ever. Um, so yeah, there were plenty of times that I wanted to give up. So, so two things kept me going. Um, one definitely God, you know, and, and having my daughter and having to be an example to her to show that in the midst of the struggle, you still have to pick up and go on because people are depending on you. And for me, um, that definitely was the case, especially since they were exchanging dollars. They find me and get me up. <laughs> so that was a part of it. But also, uh, Angie, just being very clear on my why and being clear on my calling. So people talk a lot about purpose, but what I believe is that we have multiple purposes in life. I believe that you and I met for a specific purpose, right? What we've developed outside of business stuff is a sisterhood. That's for a particular purpose, whether it's manifested, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was just for us to be connected to Tam and help her in some sort of way, right? To, to get through her healing. Or maybe it's something we don't even know about yet. But I believe we have multiple purposes. I believe us meeting right here tonight and you making that decision to say, hey, I need to bring both of them together on my podcast and talk about this. That's a purpose. But I believe that we have one true calling in life. Mm -hmm. And what I've determined is that my calling is really to help people discover their potential. And then to be that person to like push them like way off the ledge, like get off of here, right? <laughs> but they can understand, as I like to say, who they be, you know, who they be, who they are, why they exist. I believe that's my calling. So when I feel like throwing in the towel, I'm always reminded, like, you don't get permission to do that. Like, you, you can't even do that because God has kept you here and he's keeping you here each and every day for this one particular thing. So get your butt up and do the work. And I just get up and do the work. You know, I feel like you gotta do it. I don't know what the man mad at me, you know? Right, right. <laughs> what what do they say? Uh obedience is better than sacrifice. Right. That's get right. Up. You better get up and be obedient. That's right. <laughs> work. Yep. 
so all three of us, I don't know if you, if you all have noticed, but all three of us have mentioned therapy. Every last one of us. So I know that in talking to different uh, survivors, different thrivers, um, uh, you know, about sexual assault and how to heal from it, some of them don't want to go to therapy. Therapy is taboo, you know, but we are all proponents of therapy. Now, I know for me, the combination of God and therapy is what got me to this place of healing that I'm in right now. Now, how about you? Do, would you agree that the combination of God and therapy got you all to a place of healing as well? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's crazy because for years I could have been to therapy. I should have been to therapy, but I thought it was a contradiction to like love God, believe in God, have faith in God, but see a therapist, because in my little crazy twisted head, and I'm not going to say crazy twisted head, because there may be someone listening or watching this that have the same thoughts. So it's not your crazy twisted head, right? But this is what I was thinking. If God is the person that heals everything and he takes care of everything, why am I going to go to man? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Assistance. And then finally it hit me, and it was like, but Ty, Go to the dermatologist to help skin problems, right? <laughs> like, go to a, to a gym and get a trainer to help you drop a few pounds. Like God is the number one specialist of all specialties, right? But then he has put these specialists in place to assist with particular areas of life. And then once I started looking at it like that, I was like, oh, well, where's the therapist? Like, bring the therapist on. Like, I need to get my mind right here. And, and it made sense. And I'm so glad that um I made the decision and to, to do it. It definitely has been life-changing. And I encourage anyone, no matter what you're going through, whether it's sexual violence, divorce, problems with your children, you know, whatever it is, um, take the assistance. Take the assistance and go speak to um, a therapist. Absolutely. I totally agree. So Tam, what about you? Um, yeah, I can say the same thing. It was easy for me to talk to people I didn't know opposed to talking to my family members. Uh -huh. So therapy, even though when I did go to therapy, it was hard to share my story because at first I couldn't talk about my story at all without crying and, you know, becoming silent about it. But as time went on, it was easier for me to talk to my therapist about my story. And I would recommend ther therapy for people as well. You know, if you can't talk to somebody close to home, you know, like Ty said, that's that God puts those type of people in place for us. So let's try to utilize them for the best because I think it is for the best. So therapy for me was the ultimate start of the beginning of me and the images of me and me becoming who I am today. So yeah, I, I recommend therapies a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'll never forget. Um, I was at church one day and, um, uh, a lady came over to me. This is when we first started at Phoenix and we were out in the lobby and we were um, hand, handing out flyers, letting people know that, you know, we are service. We're a ministry here in the church. And uh, an older lady came up to me and she said, why are you telling people your story? I didn't tell anybody my story, but the Lord, you shouldn't be telling people your story. And I said, well, God told me to share my story. So that's why I'm doing it. I just went to the Lord. I was like, we didn't go to therapy. I didn't have to go to therapy. I just went to the Lord. <laughs> and I mean, I will never, ever forget that story. And um, for me, I kind of, I liken, you know, God and therapy as a tag team. God made the therapist, mm -hmm. you know, so he made them so we can go to them. You know, of course we can pray. We love the Lord. God answers prayer, but the therapist can get, you know, can dig down deep and dig up all of those roots and really get us to that place of healing. 
So, ladies, Ty, actually, this one's for you, Ty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when I started the, um, when I wrote my first book, because I got two now, <laughs> thanks to you, Ty. When I wrote my first book um, and I published it and put it out, I got so many people asking me, Angela, how did you get started? I know I have this book in me. I know I had to get it written. God told me to write this book, but I don't know where to get started. And I told them what I did. What I did was I just took one hour every day and just wrote out, just did a brain dump every night from nine to 10 o'clock. That's how I got started. And then it just moved on from there. But Ty, as an actual publisher, what advice could you give to those who know that they have a book in them that needs to, that needs to be birthed, but don't know where to get started? They don't even know what step one is. You know, so, you know, for me, I always say that question is subjective because you have some people who love writing. You have some people who don't like writing. You have people that don't have time for writing. So my suggestion is always just start where you are and just brain dump. That's the very first thing, um, whether it's through your computer, if you're going to use Microsoft Word or an online application, whether you like to write or you could use your cell phone um, or any type of recorder and just speak into it. But the very first thing is just to dump your thoughts. Don't think about, oh, do I start here? Do I start here? Am I saying the right thing? Am I not saying enough? Just get it out. And, and so I will just tell the listeners and, and the viewers here, act like you're talking to me for the very first time, right? Like, <laughs> no, no, me, how you doing? And act like we're sitting down, we're having our favorite um, dinner or lunch, our favorite beverage, and you're just sharing. You just start and, and, and start the conversation. And then you go back and start, you know, uh, outlining and moving different parts around. Ooh, well, this kind of happened here and this happened there, there, there. Start organizing the thoughts, filling in the blanks, right, 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 right. And then finally go back and refine. And the refinement, that's the very last stage. That's the part where you might say, ooh, am I putting enough? Am I not putting enough? Did I miss something? Did I miss something? But don't get stuck at refinement. That's the last stage not the first stage because what I find is so many people get stuck there and next thing you know a year went by two three years went by and you went up into that book you said she was right uh -huh. <laughs> oh I'm still girl I, I gotta write this part and I ain't right enough and next thing you know it's not done and what you're doing you're holding up people's blessings at that point it's not even about you it's not even about you your story isn't about you so you're holding up people's blessings just get it done no stinking thinking. Right. Just, yep. Just get it done. Yes. And Tam, as a survivor of, of sexual violence, writing her story, writing your story in a book um, and writing this as your first, your very first book, what advice could you give to a survivor of sexual violence or a survivor of whatever they are surviving? What advice would you give to them? Um, I would say, take it one day at a time, never give up. Um, it's going to be plenty of times where you feel like you got writer's block. Because I know I had tons of writer's block. And it was like, I was almost trying to like force stories into the book. Uh -huh. So it was plenty of times that I had to just put the book down and breathe because it became so overwhelming. Yeah. But I never gave up because it was something that I wanted to complete because I said, I know that my story will help someone else. So mm -hmm. my advice to other people, don't give up on something that you believe in and something that would help change so many lives. Yes. And that's, that's so important to never give up because the enemy will come in like a flood and put mm -hmm. so much negative chatter in your head and tell you that nobody's going to buy your book. You need to write right. some more. It's too thin. It's too thick. You know, your story doesn't matter because I went through all of that and my book get written as well. But thank God we were able to push through. Mm -hmm. Now, ladies. 
I hate this part of the the podcast because we have to bring this to a close and it's really making me sad because I don't want to let you go. So listen, um, Ty, before you go, um, how can uh, aspiring authors get in contact with you to perhaps get their book started? Absolutely. So you can... um, First, start by visiting our website, and that's publishyourgift.com. Publishyourgift.com, and you can go there and see the type of work that we produce, um, the solutions that we offer to authors and uh, new time new writers. And then also, um, if you want to drop us a line, just send us an email to info at publishyourgift.com. Okay, great. And how can um, our listeners catch up to you or connect with you on social media? Social media, same thing. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, You can find us at Publish Your Gift. Perfect. And Tam, how can our listeners catch up to you as well or connect with you on social media? Um, Social media, Facebook would be Tamara McKnight. Instagram and Twitter will be the images of you and also my website, the images, well, my email, the images of you at gmail.com. My website is currently being set up right now as we speak. Um, catch my nonprofit coming soon. I'm so excited. You nonprofit. I just want to help young girls build self-esteem, love their self and to learn how to heal. So that's coming soon, but yep. And I, I just want to thank Ty. Ty, it's just so much an honor to, you know, be a part of your publishing company. You know, people ask me all the time about, you know, publishing gift. And I tell them her team is amazing. I had, I, I, I thought I was related to Shawnee and Susan because I called them, I, I emailed them all the time, but they were so helpful. Like they made you, you know, take a breather. Everything is going to be okay. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to do no grammar or anything. And when, when Angela told me about you and I'm just like, Oh, this is amazing. This is so amazing. So I am thankful for you. And I'm also thankful for Angela for just being my mentor. Love her to death. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's, it's really been a pleasure. And um, that's what we hope everyone has to say about us, that they feel like family. That is our motto. Try to embrace and every person that we work with um, as a family member and not just during publication, but post-publication as well, um, because we're in this together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, ladies, I thank you so much for being on the Angela D. Wharton Show, episode number six. I've learned that there are books to be birthed. I hope you all got something from this podcast on tonight. I hope it made an impact in your lives and that you would join us for every episode that is to come. Remember, please, please, please remember that you can connect with me on social media, on Facebook under face, I'm sorry, under Angela D. Wharton. Also on Instagram at Angela underscore empowers and also on Twitter at Angela Empowers. You can also catch me on my website at AngelaDWharton.com. Remember, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for your good every time. I love you, but God loves you more. Until we meet again, take care and God bless. Good night.